This was now the third time that Jesus showed himself to the disciples after he was risen from the dead. But actually, it is already the fourth time, unless we just want to forget about Mary Magdalene on the Easter morning at the tomb. She was the first one to meet the risen Lord. Later in the evening of the Easter day, Jesus appeared to the disciples who were hiding behind the locked doors. A week later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples. This time also, Thomas was present. That was last Sunday. You must still remember what Amber told you. And again, Jesus showed himself to the disciples, this time by the Sea of Tiberias. John does not tell us when this happens. But as Tiberias is about 100 miles away from Jerusalem, I think it would be safe to say that this happened at least one week later, as they had to walk that way. So if Jesus had a habit of showing himself on Sundays, that would be today. But this time, only seven disciples were gathered. There were Simon Peter, Thomas, Nathanael, the son of Zebedee, Jacob and John, and two others who are not named. Those two others leave space for everyone who has heard the call. Follow me. They have left space for us, for you and me. When Jesus died, disciples got totally lost. They lost the direction of their lives. When Jesus was with them, he was constantly teaching them. They were free to ask their questions, and they were always headed to somewhere. And some days, they didn't even have time to rest or eat, because they were so busy. They were still numb and confused of Jesus' death and they made their way back to Jerusalem, from Jerusalem to Galilee. There they could find the life they had known before. They returned to their life before Christ called them. I'm going fishing, said Simon Peter. And others were quick to respond to him. We will go with you. They did not know what else to do. They didn't know what to do, and yet, already on the Easter evening, in their first encounter with the Christ, Jesus had said to them, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I sent you. Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven to them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. They were sent out to share the good news and to forgive the sins. Yet they, there they were, fishing. Fishing and getting nothing. They had been fishing all night and they had got nothing. You do remember another night from Luke's Gospel when Simon Peter and Andrew had been fishing all night and caught nothing. That's just about three months back. 
I don't know how they fed their families because they never catch anything unless Jesus intervenes. And as Elisa noted me after reading Peter's letters, that Peter definitely was a better writer than a fisher. After casting the net to the right side of the boat, they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. At that moment, John's eyes are opened and he proclaimed, it is the Lord. In an instant, Peter was in the water swimming towards the shore, towards Jesus, to whom he had said at their first counter, go away from me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man. But that day, Jesus had responded to him, do not be afraid. Peter knew he was a sinner. He knew that he had denied his Lord. But he also knew he didn't need to be afraid. He was loved and forgiven. Jesus was waiting for him on the beach. When the others reached the shore, Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have just caught. It was not necessary, as he already had some bread and fish on a charcoal fire. But Jesus invited them to contribute, to share of the abundance they had just received. The breakfast Christ shares with them transform a moment of deprivation and insufficiency into a feast with unexpected blessing made available for all. After sharing the bread and fish with them, he turns to Simon Peter. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than this? Jesus wants to compare Peter's love for him to the love that others have for him. Well, before Jesus' crucifixion, Peter had boldly said, I will lay down my life for you. Little did Peter know what's coming up. Most of you probably already know that Greek language has several words to describe love. Christ asked, do you love me more than this? And we read from the gospel, Peter's answer, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. But we would do better translate Peter's answer, yes, Lord, you know that I have affection for you. Feed my lambs. The second time Jesus asked, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter responded, Yes, Lord, you know that I have affection for you. Jesus asked from Peter if he could love him as God loves, with a total commitment, unconditional love, without asking anything in, to receive. Peter had been so broken by the fact that he denied Jesus that he could no longer boldly say he loves Jesus unconditionally. Few weeks earlier, Peter might have 
said boldly, yes, Lord, I love you. But now he was no longer able to do so. He had seen the limits of his love. Yet Jesus commissions him, tend my sheep. The third time Jesus asked, Simon, son of John, do you have affection for me? Peter, with a deep sense of pain, responded, Lord, you know everything. You know that I have affection for you. I find it very assuring, comforting, that Jesus does not expect Peter to climb up to his level, but comes to meet Peter where he is. And says to him, feed my sheep. And then, follow me. Do you love me? Do you have affection for me? This question Jesus asks us today. What is my response to his invitation? Follow me. We are called to carry on Jesus' ministry. In this, God will provide us like he provided the meal that waited the disciples when they came ashore. God invites us to share what we have received from his abundance. Do we hear that? Follow me. Follow me in the midst of your wondering, your doubts, your sorrows, and your, your joys. Follow me on the path of faith. In this world, all I have is your hands and your heart. I have put my trust in you, and I will walk with you wherever you go. Christ is where we are, even when we do not recognize him. Amen.